Hello and welcome to All Villa No Villa, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. Well, Aston Villa were largely dominant against Leicester on Saturday, but Unai Emery's side somehow lost 4-2. We'll pick the bones out of that one in a moment. And later, of course, Frankie serves up another of his mouth-watering, spicy questions. But first things first, Frankie, how are you? Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, I was in France this week working in Paris. I went on transfer deadline day in a desperate search for Matteo Guendouzi to convince him that Aston Villa was his future. Unfortunately, I couldn't track him down. Failed mission, Um, yeah. My my second mission was to find Mbappe and convince him that Villa was the project he needed, but again, couldn't find him. Um, But I, uh, yeah, generally I went out there for work and I just ended up standing near the Eiffel Tower yelling out, Est-ce que vous parlez anglais? Est-ce que vous parlez anglais? Which means, do you speak English? Yeah. And um, once a few people stopped and looked at me and said, yeah, yeah, I speak English. Why would you want? And I said, um, what year do you think Bubakar Kamara is going to win the Ballon d'Or? <laughs> and I thought, uh, I, I thought, I thought you were going to, I thought you, what you should have said, Frankie, was fantastic. Well, there's, there's a great English language podcast about Aston Villa, which yeah. I really think you should start to listen to. It would improve yeah. your English and also you'll learn a bit more about the best club on earth. But we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on to other, um, other matters. Um, so, Lester, Frankie, what happened? And can I, can I actually, first of all, before I ask you your opinion of the game, there is a reason why I'm not a football pundit, pundit, because obviously at the end of the last show, you asked me my prediction. I said, oh, Leicester, you know, they won't cause us too many problems up front. We've got the defence to uh, to more than match them. And I and I predicted a comfortable 2-0 win mm. for the Villa. So what do I know? But anyway, Frankie, what do you know? What do you think? What did you think about today's game? I would describe it as a incredibly frustrating loss, but not a disaster if that makes any sense. Mm. Um, I think the way I thought it would go is that James Madison was coming back from an injury. Obviously, he's Leicester's key man in the same way Jack Grealish was for Villa when he was at Villa because he's leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else, I think. Though you could argue that their new signing Tete was impressive at Villa Park. Now, Villa were, I thought, uh, in the first half, largely on top, which has gone against the... Um, the theme of recent home games. Um, and after 10 minutes, I thought we probably should have been 2-0 up. Eventually took the lead uh, through Ollie Watkins, uh, who followed up really well from an Amy Buendia shot. Mm. Um, but the the problem was then conceding so early after. That's poor in-game management from the players, I think. And um, it's a rare off day for Bubakar Kamara, who has been a tremendous signing. I think that Emi Martinez, I personally think he should have picked Tyro Mings as the pass, just looking at the space that Mings was in. And Kamara was always going to have players on him, standing where he was. I think Kamara did well to get away from the press at first, then should have laid it off, but then just dithered. And whether he you know, was a bit overconfident in his ability at that point, I'm not sure. But I think t- It was a good tackle, but yes, I think he should have laid it off quicker. But I think the mistake, that mistake was always going to come at some point as we adapted to playing out from the back, which is what I'm glad we're doing because it's what all the top teams in the world do. They play it out from the back and they don't just belt it forward and give it away because, to be honest, if we belted it forward, Harry Seuss is going to win all the headers anyway. Mm-hmm. So you might as well try and play out, is, is my view anyway. Um, but I came away from this uh, at half-time thinking, how the hell are Villa behind here? And then... We were absolutely dominant in the second half. 
but just couldn't take any other chances. I thought Alex Moreno offered a really yeah. positive attacking uh, dynamic. And on that, um, on that, were you surprised that Dina was picked ahead of him in the starting eleven? Um, I, yeah, I guess I was actually. Yeah, uh, I thought the, the I thought Moreno would probably state the claim for a place with his performances in the last two games. Um, so I guess, but I, I think Unai Emery signed him primarily as a player who plays ahead of Luca Dean on the left with the two left-back thing he likes. Um, so to see a direct replacement at half-time makes me wonder if Moreno will be the next starting uh, against Man City, mm. possibly. Although, I mean, do you want an attacking left-back against City? I don't know. But um, but anyway, so yeah, I think uh, second half, uh, we absolutely were not clinical enough. We created tons and tons of chances. Emi Buendia was fantastic. And I'll talk about him a little bit more in a minute. But um, I thought Villa... Absolutely should have taken the chances and then went and bloody well conceded, didn't we? A really silly goal, which Moreno was, to be honest, at, at fault for. Um, you know, I mean, what what did you make of it? And do you think that it's becoming a bit of a running theme where Villa seems to be quite vulnerable at home? Yeah, well, we talked about this in previous shows, didn't we? That the home games that we've played, although we've uh, won them or at least picked up a point against Wolves, the game against Leeds that where we beat Leeds, both of those games we looked quite vulnerable in. Hmm. We weren't dominant at all. Um, and we said in last week's show that what we wanted to see from Villa was a dominant performance and a win. We kind of we kind of got the performance in many ways, but obviously the result, um, which is the all-important thing, we didn't manage to to achieve. So it's, it's kind of interesting because, you know, you want to get that, obviously the, the balance is, is, is key. Hmm. Um I was really disappointed with our defending for, for all of the goals, really. Um, considering under Emery in particular, our defence actually looked really, really solid. We've had that consistent back four with Martinez as a goalkeeper. And all, and all four of them have been in really good form with with Moreno coming in and, and, and playing well in the games that he's played in. So I was a little bit surprised to see to see Dino in the starting lineup. I think he has given his price tag as well and reputation and the clubs he's played for. I don't think he's really lived up to to all that. Um, mm. Not to say that he was he was individually culpable for the, for the goals, but I don't know. I wonder whether maybe that was a slight disruption to that consistency that we've had over the past few games. Maybe that could have had something to do with it. I don't know. Um, but you mentioned um, you mentioned uh, uh, that the, the fact that we didn't have that that clinicalness, and it goes back to the issue we've talked about again in, in the last couple of weeks about selling Danny Ings and not really signing uh, a replacement. I mean, he was the one that came on against Wolves and made the difference. He scored the equaliser. He was our top scorer when we sold him. So he is someone that that knows how to score goals. And we, we knew that anyway. Clearly, we didn't sign a replacement. I know Emery is, is already planning and thinking about the summer. And I think um, I think it's sensible financially and it's prudent, it's wise not to spend over the odds in January just because you feel like you need to you need to have it in, in six months. You know, it's it just doesn't make sense. Although... Yeah, it's a, yeah, it does make sense. It doesn't make sense. And um, uh, we're in a comfortable position in the table. We're not going to get relegated. So, again, it's like, you know, it's not it's not worth taking that risk, I suppose. Um, and I think I'm really looking forward to the summer because I think we'll make some really good signings and push on. But for this part of this season, yeah, it does feel like a slight issue that that um, 
that we haven't signed a, a Danny Ings replacement because we, we played well. Coutinho played well, as you said, but when Dia played well, we do have players in that kind of like attacking midfield um, area that are creating chances, but, and, and Watkins obviously got his goal today. That's great. But, but we didn't yeah. have, we didn't have a way, we didn't have the, the means to mix it up. So when we were chasing the game at three, two down and then four, two down, there was, you're looking at the bench, you're thinking we're relying on a, you know, a, a young 19 year old Colombian from the MLS to try and turn things around. And I think that's a bit unfair really to, to, to try and, uh, to try and ask him to do that a first game in the Premier League. So yeah, it's a difficult one to call because as you say, Frankie, we, we played well, we did play well. And from a performance perspective, I don't have too many, too many issues, but, but obviously, you know, it's the result that counts and, and we were, we didn't, weren't able to, to secure it. I think the loss it reminded me of was Liverpool. You know, when we lost, mm. uh, I think it was 3-1 to Liverpool, yeah. which in hindsight, considering their pretty terrible form is not a great result. Yeah. Um, and in that game, Villa had to take the initiative and we were, um, you know, we played a high line and it just felt like in that game, Liverpool had a million chances and could have scored seven goals in that first half. But mm. Villa themselves also had tons of chances, but we only took one. Um, and we should technically really probably have had two or three ourselves in the first half. And today was a similar problem where we had to take the initiative. We had that higher line, but it just felt like one error or one ball over the top and Villa could be got at. Mm-hmm. Um, playing it out from the back at times, we, we it's still something we're adapting to and something we're going to continue to adapt to through the season. So there will be shaky moments there. That's not something that's unexpected, I think. Um and uh, and yeah, just going forward, just that lack of consistency in in finishing, really. So it looks a bit like Villa are quite vulnerable to counter-attacking teams at home, uh, where we ha- where we g- give them space, and it's possibly why away from home we've looked more, um, we've looked quite comfortable, I think, in a lot of away games mm-hmm. under Enio Emery, and um, particularly the Tottenham game sticks out, just looking like a team that were pretty much on top, and it wasn't really gonna, they weren't gonna cause us too many problems. Um, so, so yeah, uh, definitely home form consistency is, is where we'll, we'll need to improve. And I think we have the right manager and coach to identify how that can improve. But I also wanted to mention Emi Buendia. Um, you know, we talk about consistency and he's a player who I think has been a bit inconsistent. There's some games where it's just not come off for him, but I do think he's Villa's most creative player. And today he showed why he has to believe in himself that he can make the Argentina national team Mm. because that has to be his target. And Argentina's attackers are some of the best in the world. They're consistent and they do magic every single game they're ever in. Whereas Buendia today was, I thought, excellent, did not deserve to be on the losing side, Mm -hmm. hit the bar twice and had a nice relationship with Moreno, I thought, on the left Mm -hmm. uh, in the second half. Plenty of through balls and chances that just weren't taken. So um, I think he showed today exactly what he's capable of. And if he could do it on a more consistent basis, I think he would um, be a you know, somebody who could potentially be a regular for Argentina. Yeah. Yeah. No, he did, he did play really well. And, and, and to be fair, I thought Coutinho um, when yeah. he came on was, was really good. And, 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 you know, he, he showed, he showed glimpses of the Coutinho that we saw um, last season. And I, and I hope, you know, given the fact that we've saw we, we've seen so many outgoings in January, you know, he, he will be someone I think that will, will feature perhaps more regularly. Um, 
up to the end of the season, you know, he'll 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 always really make the squad. I don't see uh, you know another another player coming in to replace him in that regard. And and mm. obviously, if we start picking up injuries in in that sort of area, he'll he'll start a lot of games. There was there was strong rumours um, towards the end of the transfer window that he was being lined up for a move back to Brazil mm-hmm. or to Turkey even. Um, but from from you know just general reports that that were coming through, a lot of them seem to suggest that he was happy. Uh, in in the Midlands and was comfortable and didn't, didn't want to want to move on and he was he seemed keen to fight for his place so so he could be he could be one to watch perhaps to coming towards the the end of the a season as, as someone that can come in and make a bit of a difference but yeah as I said before I think where we're where we're lacking is where we always knew we were lacking which is right at the top of the pitch mm. um, Watkins I think will relish the fact that he is the the number nine now there is no real challenge to him being the kind of like the guaranteed starter um, uh, up until up until um, August, um, but obviously there is a concern there that if he starts, if he picks up an injury or if his form starts to dip, then you know who's gonna who's gonna challenge him for it? Is it gonna mm. be Traore, who obviously has been recalled back from from um, from Istanbul, or Duran? Um, Emery said before the game yesterday that Duran has looked really good in training, that he didn't want to put too much pressure on him. That he'd take his time with him, but um, he 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 anticipated that it would that he would make uh, make his debut, uh, mm. which ultimately obviously did today. So hopefully, right. you know, yeah, he did he did look right to be fair. So we'll see. I mean, we talked about this last week that I was hoping this would be uh, a positive result for us, given the two games we've got next uh, are, are Man City and Arsenal. Mm. But you know, Arsenal slipped up against Everton today, and yeah. um, and Man City they haven't actually looked as incredible it as be, they were last season. So, they can, so yep. they can be got at. And and as we've mentioned before, we, we've picked up results under Emery against against the supposed, you know, the, the better sides, the top six sides like Spurs and United. So there's no reason to think that we can't, you know, play Arsenal, play Man City and get something from, from those two games. So I'm I'm as I said, as although it's disappointing not to win and and frustrating, I I, I I come I've come away from that game not feeling too disappointed at all and and I actually think it's one of those games that Emery will learn a lot from mm-hmm. um you know you always say you learn you learn a lot in defeats but in terms of that particular defeat the fact that we did play well but still ended up on ended up on the losing side it's a good game for Emery to like look back on and I think analyze and see where the improvements need to be made looking ahead to next season yeah I think that's fair enough and also you know you mentioned Bertie Traore what do you think about him coming back to Villa I think I think it's I think it's good. I mean, ultimately, he is he is our player. Um, you know, under Gerard, I think Gerard made a big mistake really because he had his plan A, didn't he? He was like that the manager didn't play wingers; he just played fullbacks and he just played um, absolute uh, garbage football. <laughs> yes, I, plan I, I A garbage clear, football. I want Will Smith from Men in Black to put that big device to my face and just <laughs> buzz it. And I'd say I'll forget everything that ever happened, but if I forget the Gerard era, I'll take it. Yeah, it's like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah. Like um, you know, instead of forget Jim Carrey forgetting his girlfriend, you forget Stephen Gerrard. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah. Istanbul, two thousand five Champions League <laughs> final. What? Uh, no, AC Milan won that, didn't they? Yeah, three 0 up at half time. They won Ern- it. Hernan Crespo scored, didn't they? Yeah, no, Olympiacos. They won two one, didn't they? There yeah. wasn't that's a last minute equalizer. Lovely cushioned header for who? <laughs> <laughs> God, that'd be a dream, wouldn't it? Oh, um yeah. uh but yeah, no, so going back to the original point. 
he um he had his plan a and very very quickly decided to ship out all of our wingers very very quickly without really probably analyzing them or thinking you know what if my plan a doesn't work um, I might need these guys. Uh, mm. yeah, I don't think he really was that forward thinking, to be honest. But with Traore, you know, he he did show glimpses of of genuine class. I mean, his goal he scored against West Brom. What a what a lovely goal that was. I mean, so nice, yeah. so good. His goal against Chelsea. He has scored some actually. Goal against United. You know, he's, he's scored some important goals against big yeah. sides for he's us. He's all right. He's an all right he's, player. He's a, he, he's a he's a good. He's a bit of a maverick, and I like the fact that he's you know kind of a cult figure really in terms of how he plays football. He just looks like he enjoys it. And yes, he's a bit chaotic and a bit f- frenetic. Um, but I think he'll add something to us. And Emery said himself he was tracking him when he was at Leon, mm. so he's he's a player that he's aware of, and and as we say in Emery we trust, and if Emery thinks that he's got something to offer towards the end of the season, then why not? And as I say, he's our player. He's a he's a forward player. We're lacking forward players at the moment, so if he can come in again up until the end of the season and can can offer something, do something different, then. I think it's a no-brainer. I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, in a Villa shirt again, our new number nine. <laughs> yeah, the new number nine. If we did get a number nine in the end. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we did, yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, I think he, he's, he's not too dissimilar to Leon Bailey, really, in the sense no. he's inconsistent but incredibly skillful on, and amazing on his day. Yeah. It's just that those days aren't often enough. Um, but I think it makes sense that he came back because ultimately if Villa were getting, you know, were going for players, number one targets and being quoted extortionate fees they just can't afford right now and would prefer to wait for the summer. I'm happy enough with that because mm. ultimately, you know, we're not in trophies now, annoyingly. Um, it's probably not going to cost us something we wouldn't have gotten. Um, but um, I think Traor is versatile and, you know, it means that it, we just have an extra presence that if Ollie Watkins gets injured or mm. whoever he can play up front, which is what he did for Leon. He was he yeah. played up front for Leon. So yeah. fundamentally, you can't just keep bringing in players and 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 shipping them out if they're not hitting form straight away. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think you've got to you've got to be sort of um, sensible about about how you treat players. And um, and it's it's easy to get rid of players and bring people in and think that you're doing a fantastic job. But ultimately, you know, you, you don't want to turn into on a smaller scale, a team like United, where like you know you you spend millions and millions of pounds on on new players and and then just ship players you previously spent millions of pounds on out just to replace them. Or, it's just or not, do, it's not or, do what Villa did and spend a lot of money on them and then loan them to Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hot production line. Aston Villa, big money. Turkey, here we come. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Istanbul's a beautiful city, so. I wouldn't argue with it, but it does. It, it does feel like we've got a sort of a a, a, a feeder system with like the Super League league. <laughs> Every Turkish um, club just rubbing their hands. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly, yeah. who's not quite getting in the first eleven at Villa? Let's check that bench out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Trezeguet. Trezeguet, is it? Oh, okay. <laughs> like the look Lone. of that Morgan Sanson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gilbert, how good is he? <laughs> oh, Strasbourg have stumped us. Damn it. It's great. It's it's great, isn't it? It's like yeah. it's 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 the way it's the way it always happens. They're like a player makes his name, say in like France, comes mm. to the Premier League for big money, flops, goes yeah. to Turkey. <laughs> do you think? Do you think like there's a uh, there's the Turkish directors of football out there? You know, all the different Super League sides out there are all sitting there, like at Besiktas and Galatasaray, 
and they're like doing their job and they're just like, you know, like working away in the office, beaving away, tap, hitting the uh, the laptop really hard when the boss walks in. As soon as he walks out, he just goes straight to Aston Villa's Wikipedia and just looks up who's in the squad. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> oh, he's not getting in. All right, we'll just, yeah, we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll yeah, bring a Villa player, just, just get a Villa player. Yeah, they're looking at the Wikipedia, they're sort of clicking through the squad and be like, okay, let's have a look here. Oh, only oh, only five appearances. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's. Uh, and they they bought him. In. Bought him for thirty million, did they? All right, okay. <laughs> he he might he might fit in. Jeff um Jeff Christian Perslow's number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who who hasn't got his number at Turkish football clubs? <laughs> They're always calling him. Give him a quick bell. Perslow's doing the FaceTime where he's looking down the camera like he did for the Grealish thing, <laughs> wearing his tuxedo <laughs> like when the, with the Katia's on. He's always wearing a tux. <laughs> All Villa, no filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. Now it's time for this. George and I might be about to put our friendship in serious doubt as I ask this the spicy question. And today, George, I ask you, with Danny Ings gone to West Ham, is there now a little bit too much pressure on Jon Duran to get going quickly in the Premier League? Uh, yeah, well, well, as I mentioned earlier, Emery said ahead of the game against Leicester, he said he didn't want to put too much pressure on him, but he's been playing well in training and, um, you know, uh, he was expecting him to, or was predicting that he would make his debut very soon and ultimately he did uh, come on when we were four two down against against Leicester, and yeah, he did he did all right, and it was really it was good to see him obviously make his make his debut and make his first appearance in in Claret and Blue. Um, but yeah, I I do have I do have concerns about 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 that. I mean, it's all well and good. We've we've been in really good form. We've been winning lots of games under Emery, and that's great. But obviously, there have there will be matches, and there was a match today where you're losing. It's coming up to the end of the game. It's sixty minutes in, and and you're thinking about changing things and 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 making offensive changes to try and turn it around. And then you look at the bench, and you'd like to see Danny Ings looking back at you, wouldn't you? Because because uh, he'd he'd be a perfect um, player to come on and, and try and score a goal. But at the moment, we only really have Duran, who, as I say, he's nineteen, Colombian, has just come over from uh, Chicago Fire in the MLS, um, and. Um, and 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 you know Traore, I think he's still injured, isn't he? So he wasn't available. Um, but you've you're, you you've you've immediately restricted yourself, haven't you, in terms of who can actually come on and, and make a difference? So he, to be fair to him, um, I'm sure he's a very confident lad. I think to make the call at 19 to first of all go to the USA from um, from Colombia and then very quickly to come to to Villa, you know, just. That, shift in terms of you know language and 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 culture and and weather and you know all the rest of it 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 takes a very brave person to do that at 19 not 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 to mention for such a lot of money and to try and make a difference for a team in the premier league so fair play for him to kind of making the move and 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 doing that and i'm sure he has confidence in himself but Uh, to be fair to fair when i was 19 i was too scared to go out in solio town center (laughs) he is really brave yeah, exactly. So you know, he puts us to shame, Frankie. Yeah. Uh, in more, in more, in more than just one way. There is a lot of pressure on him at the moment. It'll be interesting to see, as I say, how Emery manages it. 
he wasn't Emery signing, as you said before. He's a club signing. He's a player that we were scouting for some time before we made our move. And he's a player that was also heavily linked to some big clubs. Um, well, we are a big club, but clubs like United and I think Tottenham perhaps were linked with him as well at the end of last year. But what I don't want to see is you don't want to see him struggle. I'm sure Emery is a, he's a very experienced manager and I'm sure he'll manage Duran as well as he can. But it's not ideal. As I said, in, in an ideal situation, you'd have Danny Ings there. Not only would Danny Ings be the like you know the replacement for Watkins if we needed to change or supplement Watkins in attack if we wanted to if we wanted to try and win a game, but also his experience in the dressing room, uh, giving Duran advice, I think would be would, would have been really helpful to him. You know, a player with such strong Premier League caliber. Um, so that's that is a that's another loss from that perspective. We'll, we'll see. He's such an unknown quantity, Frankie, isn't he? He wasn't a player that we'd really heard of at all. He was one of those players that we brought in under the radar. I don't think most Villa fans would have heard of him. Wouldn't have really seen him in the MLS, particularly. I, I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have thought so. So who knows? It, it's it's very much up in the air. But I just think, kind of, you know, given his age and and the fact he's 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 had to travel a, a long way to come here, you you kind of hope he'd have more bedding in time then I think will be allowed to him this season. I think he will be thrown in more than Emery perhaps would have wanted or expected. Yeah, it's probably not the worst thing in the world to get thrown in quickly sometimes. Um, you know, like, uh, gets experience the Premier League very quickly. Yeah, it's going to be tough and he's going to have some probably awful matches, you know, when you die. Mm. But he looked all right against Leicester. He'll probably have other games where he looks all right and he may even get a goal and that'll help his confidence. I think he's with the right coach, you know, Emery, somebody who will just dedicate himself to seeing his weaknesses and being someone who can bring out the best in Jon Duran. Yes, it's probably not ideal that he is our, primarily our backup striker right now, particularly if something happens to Ollie Watkins. And in an ideal world, indeed, Danny Ings probably would still be there just as an extra option who is an experienced striker and all that but i do i nothing's going to convince me that selling danny ings was a mistake mm-hmm. it's watch aston Villa get relegated now and i'm sat there going so <laughs> i always said selling danny ings was a mistake. no no <laughs> that it's just not gonna happen but um i think west ham coming in with that bid taking his wages office financial fair play does come into yeah uh play and um i think again it just frees up funds for Unai Emery to go for the players that he really wants and that fit into his system. And clearly he's determined that Danny Ings just isn't a player for him, which is, we've got to back the manager all the way on that. So I do, I think, yes, Jon Duran, it's, it's, yeah, it's probably not ideal that he's the backup striker, but uh, I back him. You never know. You never know mm. what, what he can do. Um, he might I mean, just... what, what, help, what helps him is obviously we now have a dressing room packed full of South Americans. Um, yeah, so it can't it, hurt. It, yeah. yeah, no, exactly. I mean, and 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 players like Coutinho, who you know, I think he put on an Instagram post, um, you know, in training, and like a really nice move Coutinho did. And and clearly, yeah. he's 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 he must be blown away by the fact he's in the same dressing room as Felipe Coutinho and and, and other players like that. So that that will help. I mean. We all saw that really nice video of Juan Pablo Angel uh, welcoming him into Villa Park in the Holt End, and you know he he's an example as, uh, of someone who's who's come from Colombia, um, Argentina, I guess, in River Plate, but obviously as a Colombian, um, and struggled to begin with. He must have he struggled, you know, Angel oh, he really did. The culture. Yeah. He he struggled to to to, to click. Yeah. It took time. It took a lot of bedding in, um, but he did it. And 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 forged a really good career at Villa, and 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 a lot of people even now look back really fondly at Angel's time with the club. 
and I'm sure Angel would 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 offer um would offer some any sort of support he can give to to advise him and encourage him and help him develop, and uh, and yeah, I think he's as you say, Frankie, he's in a good place. We've got a good coach, a very pastoral coach, I think, a supportive coach, and the the, the players around him, the South Americans, but but other very experienced players. Ashley Young, you know, a player with great experience and familiarity with the Aston Villa as a football club, the identity of the club. So he's got people around him. He's got as, as, as good a network of players around him to help him bed in, mm. and uh, and hopefully that will um, that will help him settle in well, quicker than Juan Pablo, but um, but you know as quickly as possible generally. Okay, that is it. Thank you everybody for listening. I've been your host, George Zielinski. Frankie, I will see you later. See you in a bit, George. Up the villa. Up the villa. And it is goodbye from me too. We'll be back again to review the Man City game next. But until then, come on, Super Aston Villa. <laughs>